The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. And now, here we go, maniacs. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. That's good. Welcome to Sports Yak, episode 143. This is the Hoyt Wilhelm episode. Hoyt Wilhelm. The knuckleballer. One of the most prominent knuckleballers in Major League history. Hoyt Wilhelm pitched with the New York Giants in 1952. He broke into the big leagues at the age of 28. He was still pitching in the big leagues at the age of 49 with the Dodgers in 1972. Pardon my ignorance. You said the New York Giants he pitched? Yes. They were called the Giants back then? Well, the Giants were in New York until the late 50s when they moved to San Francisco. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hi, I'm Corey. That's Professor... Charles Xavier Freeby, Professor X of Sports, because he works with mutants. <laughs> I'm a mutant, Chuck. Okay. I'm kidding. Why um, don't you pass me that mutant set of headphones, by the way, since this one I currently have on my head is not working. Oh, I'm sorry to uh, hear that. Behind the scenes here at Sports Jack. You... Our truck doesn't work. Our headphones don't work. We barely work. Now there's that. On this day in Chuck and Corey history, we recorded episode 7 of the Sports Yak. My, how far we've come. To episode 143. 136 episodes later, we're still kicking. Let me throw this in on uh, Friday's episode. Jim Cornelison, one of the great voices of the national anthem in sports world. He's the Blackhawks national anthem guy. Back home again in Indiana for the Indianapolis 500. Which he spoke very highly of. Oh, I'm sure. Very highly. And uh, opening Bears games, Bulls games, and all over America these days. So he'll be on with us on Friday. Here we go. Speaking of Chicago, Mm, 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 you seem to have a little extra angst about this. You don't understand why there would be angst about this? I, I mean, I understand, but you just seem to have a little extra of it. Well, first of all, the Cubs are my first love as a team. Okay. They're the team that I first really got behind. When I was five years old, the Cubs, even though they hadn't won anything yet, were were still pretty good. They had players like Billy Williams and Ron Santo and Ernie Banks. And formidable lineup. Pitchers like Ferguson Jenkins and Milt Pappas. Formidable staff. And they were in contention. And I could watch those games on Uncle Kenny's antenna on WGN, and I could listen to them with Vince Lloyd and Lou Boudreaux on the radio. 
The Bears were awful back then. The Bulls were an afterthought. The Blackhawks were pretty good, but you couldn't really watch a whole lot of hockey here in South Bend. Right. So the Cubs were my team, and they've been my team for a long, long time. And I love baseball, and I love seeing good baseball. And we've talked all year about how this wasn't a very good team, and yet they were still in contention. And you go back to September 17th, eight days ago, the Cubs are two behind the St. Louis Cardinals. They're one behind Washington for the top wild card spot. They're tied with Milwaukee for the wild card. They are in definitive playoff contention. And since that time, it has been an epic implosion. I posted video last night of a building, a 10-story building imploding, and that is exactly what the Chicago Cubs have done over the last eight days. Last night, they went to Pittsburgh, a team that was on a nine-game losing streak, a team that has been licking the stamp for the entire month of September and just mailing it in. And the Cubs commit five errors, they give up seven runs in the seventh, and they lose to the Pirates by a count of nine to two. Remember, September 17th, two behind the Cardinals and... Tied with the Brewers, one behind the Nats. While the Cardinals have raced past the Cubs because the Cubs have now lost seven in a row, the Brewers are on the verge of eliminating the Cubs. Their magic number over the Cubs is now one. And Washington clinched the wild card yesterday. So you go from thinking we could win the division and maybe do something in the playoffs to... Well, it's time to back up the truck and unload a bunch of stuff and rebuild this ball club in the span of eight days. I mean, I, I, I've been a Cub fan for 50 years, and I've seen some bad stuff. I've never seen anything this bad. This is epic. This is biblical. This is like freaking locusts coming into your home. Follow-up question, is this the same Pirates team that uh, the Cubs had like 44, 45 yes. points against yeah. at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. same team. Let's do this. You're Theo Epstein for a week, starting... Well, first of all, if I'm Theo Epstein, I'm looking myself in the mirror and saying, man, did I make some bad moves. Okay. Brandon Morrow, Tyler Chatwood. Those are on Theo's watch. Brandon Morrow hasn't pitched in two years because he's been hurt. Tyler Chatwood has been completely ineffective for the Cubs. Gets gets a win in long relief now and then, but you brought him in as a starting pitcher, and he's not a starting pitcher. Uh, Cole Hamels, very disappointing year. You Darvish, I believe a losing record since he's been with the Cubs. Now he he pitched well in the second half of this season, but for a year and a half, you Darvish was just a giant piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Theo Epstein, I'm looking myself in the mirror and saying, I've made some really bad moves to hurt this team. Then I'm going to look at the roster that I did put together and say, okay, there were a lot of injuries in September. Bryant's out for the year now. 
Rizzo hurt his ankle. Javi fractured his thumb. You know, there there's a lot of things there that you can't control. Uh, I'm also going to look at at players who just basically underachieved all year. Albert Almora, Addison Russell. You had the whole Zobris situation. Uh, the one good move Theo made, I think, this year was bringing in Nicholas Castellanos. Can you keep him? Uh, so it, those are things, those all fall on Theo. Then you look at your manager, Joe Madden. You left him hanging out to dry the whole year. You had this whole, well, we'll see how this year goes. Well, obviously, the way this year is going to end, they're not going to rehire Joe Madden. Not at $6 million a year. They're going to go out and find somebody cheaper, also known as David Ross, and they're going to hire him as the new manager. They're going to bring back Grandpa. I'm I'm almost certain. Hmm. From, what, from what I'm reading and hearing, I'm almost certain that David Ross will be the next manager of the Chicago Cubs. Now, there's been talk about Joe Girardi, who managed with the Yankees and former Cub player himself, but I think Joe probably cost them more money than what they want to spend. Which, here's the thing. The Cubs and Wrigley Field is like owning Fort Knox. I mean, you're just churning out money with a printing press. Mm-hmm. But you got to spend it smartly. You can't just spend it on bums. And that's apparently what they've done. But Joe Madden will take the fall for this. He'll probably wind up as the manager of the San Diego Padres, a team that will look a lot like the Cubs did when he came in in 2015. And I'm telling you, the Padres might be a team on the move if Joe Madden goes out there. So we'll see. There, There is plenty of blame to go around. It doesn't just fall on Theo. It falls on the players for underperforming. Yes, it falls on Joe to a certain extent. Man, oh man, this has just been, it has been just a dumpster fire this year. That's the, clean, that's the clean way of putting it. I, I, if I'm pausing a lot between my words, it's because I'm trying to make this a family-friendly show. Less beeping for me to deal with? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about what else is happening around the league? Uh, we can. There, There's an interesting wild card race going on in the American League. Oakland has a one-game lead over Cleveland and Tampa Bay. Two of those teams will make the playoffs as wild cards, but we don't know which two right now. Cleveland has the benefit of playing the White Sox this week. And they got Jose Ramirez back from the injured list yesterday. And all he did in his first two at-bats in a month was hit a grand slam and a three-run home. And Cleveland beat the White Sox mercilessly, 11 to nothing. So that's going on. Washington, as we mentioned, has clinched one of the wild cards. The Brewers just need a win or a Cubs loss to get the other one. The Brewers are in Cincinnati this week. So the National League playoffs are pretty well set. You're going to have the Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, Brewers, and Nationals. The American League, you know you're going to have the Astros, the Yankees, The Twins are on the verge of clinching the American League Central. And then, as we mentioned, two of these three, Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland. So that's your nugget look at the rest of baseball. Uh, Former Irish star Trey Mancini 
He had a great night last night. Five for five, his first five for five night in the big leagues. Uh, he has been voted already as the Orioles' most valuable player this great. year. He he is having a great year for a stunningly bad ball club. And, and to me, really showing what it's like to be a true professional, grinding through this last month of the season uh, and putting on a, a quality performance every night that he goes out there. Let's segue to football. It's Notre Dame and Virginia this Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. Very athletic quarterback for this Cavalier team by the name of Bryce Perkins. Uh, first time that Notre Dame has really faced a mobile quarterback this year. And... We'll have to see how the Irish are able to defend him. Virginia comes in ranked number 18 this week, basically because they haven't lost a game this year, and they beat Florida State, which still has the name recognition and the reputation despite not being anywhere close to what we have gotten to know Florida State to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other hand, Virginia had to rally last week to beat Old Dominion. So I'm not really all that scared of Virginia coming in. They've got a, a decent defense, and, and they had a player, Charles Snowden, who was this week's National Defensive Player of the Week because of uh, some things that he was able to do against the Monarchs last Saturday. But I don't really think that this game needs to be all that close. Notre Dame's going to get some weapons back this week. Michael Young should be healthy. Jameer Smith should be back from a sprained toe. That should help the running game a little bit. I mean, they still miss Jafar Armstrong. They miss the explosiveness that he brings to the offense. But I I really believe that Ian Book and this offense should be able to find ways to, to move the football. You know, I asked Brian Kelly about the running game at Tuesday's press conference. I heard you. And he said, well, we're going to have to find other ways to move the football. Well, if... Brian, here's how it works. If you're not running the football, the only alternative is passing the football. So if you've basically checked out on the running game, it means uh, settle in for about 50 passes from Ian Book on Saturday afternoon against the Wahoos or the Cavaliers or whatever they want to go by this week. Follow-up question. Mm -hmm. You used the word scared. We're not scared of Virginia coming into the stadium. Right. What's left on the schedule? Is there anyone you would use the word scared with or an on-the-road on game? Scared is probably too strong a term, but I think you better be concerned when USC comes in because USC just beat a nationally ranked team with its third-string quarterback last week in Matt Fink. Uh, they've got the best receiving core, I think, one of the more talented receiving cores in the country. And I think that's going to be a prime-time test for Notre Dame. Yes, I know USC lost on the road at BYU. BYU is not a bad football team, and they play very well in Provo. I I still think there is cause for concern when the men of Troy come to town. Michigan, as we talked about on Monday's show, is just in upheaval right now. They don't know which way they're going. And Stanford has not looked all that impressive. But remember, a lot of things can change on a football team between now and the end of the year. And that goes both ways. The Irish could suffer some injuries. uh, Some things could fall apart a little bit. Stanford could regroup, get K.J. Costello back and healthy. So we'll see. But 
if you look at the schedule right now, you would have to think that Notre Dame has a very solid chance of finishing 11 and one. Let's segue into high school football. You know, it's interesting with this Notre Dame Virginia game, Corey, because in essence, we could have a Notre Dame recruit and a Virginia recruit playing against each other on Friday night on TV 46. Go on. Well, Virginia has already offered and had the scholarship offer accepted by Adams quarterback Ira Armstead. He is 6'3", 205, throws the ball very hard, mobile quarterback too, so very similar to what they have now in Bryce Perkins. And Adam's problem has been they have been besieged by injuries. They have had seven season-ending injuries on their team this year. Uh, one of them to one of their top receivers, Michael Zinowitz. And so Adams has had a big problem hanging on to the football. Ira Armstead's completion percentage is under 50%, but he's had 16 passes dropped by receivers this year. So if you threw those 16 in, he'd be right around 60%. Uh, so that's the Virginia recruit. My sources tell me that Chase Ketterer, the New Prairie quarterback, had an outstanding summer camp at the University of Notre Dame and that Ian Book and another player went to Brian Kelly and said, you should offer this kid a walk-on spot. He's He has terrific grades. He's a 3.94 student, very mobile, accurate and strong arm. And so the rumor mill has it that at some point Notre Dame will offer Chase Ketterer a preferred walk-on spot, much as they did Connor Radigan last year from St. Joe High School. So wouldn't that be something to see a, a prelude of Virginia and Notre Dame when you see Ketterer of New Prairie take on Armstead of Adams on Friday night on 46. Now, Ketterer, I think, has more weapons around him this year, too. New Prairie is ranked number one in Class 4A. Russ Radke's team loves to run the football. They run for almost 400 yards a game. And yesterday I stopped out in Cougarville and asked the Cougars about what that number one ranking means to them. What's the number one ranking mean to you? Anything? Uh, it means a lot. You know, kind of means all the hard work paid off. Uh, but, you know, we don't keep number one for nothing. You know, you gotta, every week you got to go out there and, and perform and keep the, keep number one ranking for sure. That means that we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard, not only on the field, in school, just everywhere we go. And we have to carry that with us and always remember that everybody's coming for us now. I mean, that just means there's a target on our back. We're always just looking to get better at the time, and we're making sure that what we keep doing, we get better than everybody else and we just make sure that we stay number one. We use it positively, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a challenge. It's not that we have to fight to get to that position, but now that we're there, we're looking at that saying the fact that now that makes every opponent come out here and say, hey, if you can knock off that, that puts you a whole, you know, a mark on your, on your uh, holster. This is Don Fisher, voice of Indiana football. Catch every Hoosier football game on 103.1 Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. So New Prairie looking very strong, looking forward to seeing them at TCU School Field Friday night. Don't forget we'll have the game on 46 Live on Facebook at 7, then of course in the traditional slot where it's been for 30 years, Friday night at 11 and Saturday morning at 9. Is there a young man named Jeffries on that Adams team that's pretty good? Sidney Jeffries last week against Penn 
had a touchdown on offense, a touchdown on defense, and a touchdown on special teams. You don't see that happen all that often. I think Bronson Yoder might have done that once last year for Northwood. Uh, Sidney Jeffries is a very athletic talent, and his coach Antoine Jones told me at practice yesterday, yeah, if he had hung on to the football a couple of times, he would have probably had three more touchdowns mm. in the game. Let's uh, head up to Michigan talk about Niles. Well, Niles is making news today. Niles was one of two teams, along with St. Joe, who were the charter members of the Southwest Michigan Athletic Conference who were still in the conference. And Niles has decided to leave the smack, as it's known, and join the BCS, the Burying Cast St. Joseph Conference, for all sports. Uh, I would imagine, one, it shuts down a lot to travel for them because a lot of the teams in the smack are up by Kalamazoo, Battle Creek. Okay. And number two, it puts them in a more competitive balance with the rest of the teams in the league. They've really had problems competing in the smack in recent years. The BCS might be a little bit more their speed. So that leaves St. Joe as the only charter member of the smack still in it. Uh, the Michigan conferences have really undergone a lot of moving and changing, and, and we're going to see that in Indiana here soon as well. But in the Michigan conferences, the smack a couple of years ago had 16 teams in it, and now they're down to nine. And South Haven might be leaving for the BCS as well. So uh, big changes going on in the Michigan high school scene with conference movement, much like we'll see next year when Mishawaka leaves the NIC and goes to the Northern Lakes Conference. That has created quite an uproar in Indiana as well because Mishawaka announced this week that it will not be playing Penn again in football until 2024 at the earliest. Uh, Mishawaka tries to put the blame on Penn and says Penn has decided that it would rather play Laporte than Mishawaka. I've not heard the Penn side of the story, so that's why I phrase it that way, because to be fair, Penn might have another way of looking at it. Uh, be that as it may, Penn-Mishawaka has been one of the great rivalries over the years. Last year, uh, an overtime thriller at Freed Field won by the Cavemen. Uh, but this year will be the final time that they play for at least four years. Wow. That's a big uh, little punch to the community as well. I would think so. I, I would think, obviously, the community wants to see Penn and Mishawaka play. What the community can do about that, I don't know. Okay. Hey, Purdue fans, it's football time. Rote, rote, rote for Purdue. Purdue, do, do. A Purdue, do, Purdue, do, Purdue. This is Tim Newton, voice of Purdue football. Catch every Boilermaker game on Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. How about the Bears on Monday night? That happened since the last time we oh. did Sports Yak. Yes. You did not necessarily stay up to watch that much of the game, but did you see the uh, Ha Clinton Dix pick six? I did see. That was early in the first half, right? Yes, it was. I did, I did see that. Your um, thoughts on the Bears? Here's what I here's what I thought about, and I asked you this off the air on a different morning show. Was uh, Trubisky, Mahomes, and Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Watson, all in the same draft? Trubisky was second pick. Mahomes was tenth. Watson was twelfth. 
I believe so, yeah. Why didn't the Bears go with Patrick Mahomes? That's what a lot of people would like to know. Your thoughts? I'm not sure why the Bears... I mean, in hindsight, you you say, okay, obviously Patrick Mahomes was the way to go. I'm not sure what the Bears scouts saw in Mitch Trubisky, a guy that only played one year as a starter in college football at the University of North Carolina, not exactly a football power. Uh, what the Bears scouts saw there that made them think that uh, Mitch Trubisky was the man to take in that number two slot. Mm-hmm. Hindsight being what it is, obviously Mahomes and Watson have had better starts to their careers. The question would be, if you had put Pat Mahomes in the Bears offense, and remember John Fox was the first coach that meant Mitch Trubisky had, not Matt Nagy. If you had put him in John Fox's offense, would Patrick Mahomes have developed as quickly as he has? I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Uh, Trubisky still has not, even though he played well against Washington on Monday night, 20 of 23 in the first half, three touchdowns, that doesn't take away the rough start that he had to the season in the first two games of the year. Nevertheless, the Bears are 2-1 and one and still in contention in the NFC North. I enjoy the Bears' defense. I like that part of the football game. Khalil Mack had another strip sack. He is seems to be the master of that, somebody who can keep his eye not only on the quarterback but where he's got the ball and create turnovers for this Bears' defense. Bears had five turnovers against Washington defensively and uh, and played very well. The Redskins are not a good football team, though. Let's make not make any mistake about that. I think Jake Rudin's days are numbered in Washington. And so the Bears have to get ready for a big showdown with Minnesota this week, battle of two-and-one teams. I think the game's at Soldier Field in Chicago. And that's a, a big game for Chicago because, remember, not only are the Packers undefeated, so too are the Detroit Lions. Somehow, some way, they're sitting there at two zero and one, and unbeaten in the NFC North. Let me ask you a final question. We'll wrap things up. The quarterback of the Saints, the current one or Drew Brees? Current Teddy Bridgewater. Let's say this young man does phenomenally well, wins games. And it's time for Drew Brees to come back. Drew Brees is your quarterback. You're not displacing Drew Brees. Despite being on a roll, being chemistry and formula. Teddy Bridgewater is not Drew Brees. But let's say it's working. Okay, it's working. Great. The rest of the team carried Teddy Bridgewater. All right. He's not Drew Brees. I've seen Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. I saw him in Minnesota. He's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is healthy. And... Who's getting paid more? Yeah. Who's getting paid more? This takes you back. We'll bring it full circle. This takes you back to why the Cubs used Kimbrel as much as they did down the stretch. Mm-hmm. This is getting paid. You use him. And then he stinks. Who gets paid more, Eli Manning or uh, this current guy? Well, Eli gets paid more, but. Eli is at the twilight of his career and had not been performing well. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with Drew Brees in New Orleans. Those are two completely different situations. Yeah, but I thought I'd try to throw you off because you, you're all pissed you about can, the Cubs. You can try all you want, but you're not going to 
get that little fastball past me. Well, we're going to come to blows on this show. That's fine. As predicted. Pop culture, what do you got? Anything? Great question. I have missed every single premiere of any show, but then again, there's nothing that's made me go, I want to catch this. I am excited about Blue Bloods Friday night. Oh, well, yes, you do love some Tom Selleck and the Blue Bloods. I love that show. Love me some Blue Bloods. And it's new? It's new on Friday. Mm -hmm. Finally, September 27th. I know why you like the show. Why don't you explain to the ex why you like the show? I like the show because uh, it's about a Catholic family, and in every show, every show, they have a family dinner scene. I think that's terrific. I think it shows what we should aspire to be. Plus, it's a it's a cops and robbers show. You, you've got some intrigue in there. It's a nice little cop show mystery. They throw some romance in there now and then. That's all right. A couple characters on the show that I would try to eliminate. But nevertheless, uh, it, it's just, and it, it kind of follows that you don't have just one plot throughout. You've got usually two or three plots, so it keeps it moving. It keeps it interesting. Okay. On this National Comic Book Day, I will tell you that I've purchased my Joker tickets with Joaquin Phoenix. Now, I see some backlash about this movie already. I think a lot of that is media created. Yes. And I'm not so sure that it's not created by the studio to bring attention to the movie. Yeah. I think that stuff happens more than we know. So this started about two years ago. Movie theaters are showing the Friday opening film the night before. Right. They'll give you one, if not two showings, a seven o'clock and maybe a 10 o'clock. That's usually it. Just two. Even the big summer blockbusters, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of counting on the Friday morning deal. I want to show you the Fandango app for the Joker Thursday opening. There's uh, 14 showings. 14 showings the night before it starts. Wow. Yeah. And this, I assume this is at our local theater? Yeah, this is our Mishawaka theater. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 4, 5, and you can just do the math right on up to about 10.30, I think. Yeah. I found that. I've I've not seen that this year until this moment. And they really think that there's going to, they must have an idea or be gauging interest to put out 14 shows like that. And if anybody knows how movie theaters work, they have a big whoop to do in Las Vegas and all the movie companies get together with all the movie theater owners and they roll out the sizzle reel and go, here's what's coming because the theaters choose what they get. You know, Southside sometimes tends to lean artsy fartsy on their movies. Yeah. Uh, Mishawaka is very much Midwest, corn fed, Mm -hmm. blue collar. What's coming out? Here's your mainstream stuff. So somewhere along the way in the last year, and by the way, it was a year ago to date that us nerds saw Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker for the first time. Okay. And went, oh, now this is something. And so. Now he's a little nutso anyway, right? I mean, some would call him real, nutso. Some would say he's a phenomenal actor. The real life Joaquin Phoenix, though, whenever I've seen him interviewed, is kind of out there. Yeah. Right? Bat blank crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making sure we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, but, I mean, I loved him in Signs with Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. And that's all I can think of right now. 
But anyways, I'm a comic book fan. The Joker is one of my absolute favorite villains. I'm going. Cesar Romero is dead, so that's why he wasn't invited back. There was no call to him, you know, Cesar, and the fact that you have to color the makeup over the mustache. Yeah, and your point. Some people have a problem with that. I know I do. Uh, Nicholson, Ledger, Phoenix. Now, obviously, you haven't seen the Phoenix performance yet. Jared Leto. You got to throw him in there. Leto. So, rank him. Rank your Jokers. Oh, uh, Heath Ledger, Oscar award-winning performance. Nicholson right now, and then uh, Joaquin probably. And you think Leto was the worst? Oh, he was the worst. Okay. Yeah. Was and, he really bad? Well, they didn't use him to... I mean, he's a decent actor, the stuff I've seen him in. They just didn't use him properly. And the movie stunk, Suicide Squad. I mean, it. it was a... It was a trash restaurant fire behind a Chinese restaurant. Oh, wow. That kind of fire. That kind of smell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger no longer with us. So if you took, uh, if you had Nicholson, Leto, and Joaquin Phoenix in the same room, could Jack Barry go, Joker, Joker, Joker? <laughs> There's also some Batman news. Uh, Jonah Hill is in talks to play something in the new Batman movie. There's there's leaning of maybe a penguin. Well, he would have to be a penguin, wouldn't he? I mean, I realize he's lost, he's lost a lot some weight. Of weight. I'm but, thinking of his character in Moneyball, though. Yes. And then Jeffrey Wright, they're talking about Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, can I... Um, Doesn't ring bell. Did you watch any of Westworld on can, HBO? If you want Commissioner Gordon, just dye Tom Selleck's hair white. I think Brian Cranston would kill as Commissioner Gordon. Maybe or Lex Luthor, I could, I could picture that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I'm not thrilled that the boy from Twilight is Batman, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can always talk to us via social media, Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter. You're on Twitter. I am at Forty Six Sports. I'm also on Facebook at WHME Forty Six Sports. We're on Instagram, Sports Yak with two Ks. You can email us the Sports Yak with two K's at gmail.com. You can always call the Yak line, 574-210-7950. Don't leave a comment about the Cubs, though, because I don't want to hear it. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga looga, Hoyt Wilhelm. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And buy Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial-grade snowplows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Coming up on Friday. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. The voice behind the national anthem 
at all Chicago Blackhawk games and mostly all Chicago sports as well. Who's brought stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight? We go head-to-head with Jim Cornelison. That our flag was still there. This Friday on a very special episode of Sports Yak. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 